0: Chapter Seven of Fruits of the Spirit. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chad from Benadorm, in the province of Alicante, in southeast Spain, on the Mediterranean coast. Fruits of the Spirit by Hamilton Wright, maybe. Chapter Seven Love and Work. Idealism, as an interpretation of life, a vision of ultimate ends and conditions, has always won to itself the ardent, the poetic, and the high-minded, the great company of seekers after light and love in every generation, who rebel against the hardness and injustice of the world, hate its noise and brutality, its fierce competitions, and its stolid indifference to the defeated, even in the presence of the great purpose which runs through the visible order of things, and the society in which men have arranged themselves, and which has come to light. As one of the most spiritual men of the day has said, just in time to save some of the best men and women from despair, it is hard for the sensitive and aspiring and tender-hearted to bear the sorrows of the world, and to sit with a cheerful spirit, while so many losses ravage the homes that are dear to them, and despoil the best fortunes of men. There are hosts of men and women who go through life with a noble discontent in their hearts, a sense of loneliness and isolation in their souls. They are homesick for a world in which men help instead of smite, bind up instead of wound, are quick to recognize the good instead of eager to find the evil, stand ready in all crises to rebuild the fallen, are patient of spirit with the weak, love the sinner while they loathe the sin, are kindly in speech because kindly in thought, are indifferent to external conditions because conditions are the happenings of life, while the soul is its great and enduring reality, are bound together in a vast conspiracy to cheer, to aid, to give heart and hope, To make the highways of life bloom with spontaneous kindnesses, and to make the lonely world a warm, hospitable, many-windowed home for all who pass this way on the journey of life. If the truth were told, what confessions of solitude, of heartache, of loneliness of spirit would come like a flood from those whom men count happy because they are entrenched against the blows of disaster by all manner of material possession, the heart knoweth his own bitterness is one of the truest and saddest of all the summings up of the experience in the book of proverbs, and where there is no bitterness, there is always loneliness in whatever circumstances men are born in this world, they are all born in exile, and in exile, palaces are often as present like as hovels. This is the penalty of immortality, the price we pay for the birthright of the divine in us. To have the power of creating heaven in the imagination is to bear one's heart to the coldness and hardness of the world. To see paradise at a distance is to make the desert in which we are travelling more barren and lonely. As one who loves the sweetness of the open meadow, the solitude of woods, and the cool musing of running brooks, finds the noise and odour and crowding of the city almost intolerable, as those who carry a vision of heaven in their souls find the unkindness the tumult and the hardness of this present world almost unbearable they have often fled from it and sought refuge in isolation they have made homes for themselves in the vast quiet of the nile valley they have built monasteries on almost inaccessible heights they have buried themselves out of the sight and sound of the world in all manner of lonely refuges but wherever they have gone they have carried the passionate human heart with them And even when they have found the peace which sometimes flows out of the heart of silence, they have never found the perfect society, the cloudless day of joy, the redeemed world. If idealism were at bottom an explanation of life as it reveals itself within the limits of time, it would often seem the idealist of dreams, the most untenable of philosophies. But it is a solution of the great problem only at the end of a worldwide and an almost illimitable process of growth and unfolding. It is the vision of an ultimate perfection, not a statement of present condition. It is, at the heart, a glimpse into the great mystery of education which makes this life not only bearable, but marvelously spiritual and hope-inspiring. The idealism which lies within every man's reach and in every man's need is surrender to the urgent and passionate desire to give his own spirit the shape and quality of the divine spirit and to create in himself those traits and that attitude which he yearns to find wrought into the fibre of society to be in his own soul that which he wishes all men were conditions whether easy or difficult are secondary the eternal element of peace and happiness lies in every man's soul beyond the reach of accident they who seek heaven must take refuge in their own spirits not in some solitary place at a distance and they must find it not in more congenial circumstances but in a freer and nobler putting forth of the best in themselves the true idealist is not a dreamer in a world of realities which make his dream incredible nor is he a refugee escaping from conditions which he cannot bear to a more comfortable place he is a man who is patiently and often painfully shaping his life in harmony with an inward purpose who is mastering crude materials that he may make the vision in whose light he lives shine before the eyes of men whose sight is less clear than his who is doing commonplace things in a spirit which gives them the beauty of a high purpose as the greatest architect redeems the meanness of the hidden stone by the splendour of the structure in which it finds its place men are made happy not by the things which surround them nor by the things which they take to themselves but by the noble putting forth of the soul in love and work, the two great activities which are never divorced in the harmonious and balanced life, the two languages in which every true idealist makes confession of his faith and gives evidence of its reality. For love is the ultimate expression of faith, and without works faith is a vain shadow of reality. End of chapter 7